Welcome, everybody. We're back in the GOAT district. Um, we're real excited. Tonight, we've got an awesome guest, a friend of ours, Adam Krautwurst of Draft Sharks. Adam was a top five finisher in, in the FFPC main event. What year was that, Adam? Oh, gosh. 19, whatever year it was, Lamar and CMC coming 2019, out. 2019. 2019 yeah. sounds about right. Uh, Adam also took down uh, the $3,000 FFPC Varsity League last year, um, which just always has a lot of heavy hitters. Um, Andrew, how are you doing tonight? I'm excited. I'm looking forward to getting tips from Adam on that Varsity because, Theo, you, 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 Dan, and I have one of those uh, out in Vegas. Absolutely. All right, well, we're, we're ready to rock. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. 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 And I always be traded. 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 And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Bait them. Fish. So Adam has been on the pod with us before, um, but this is his first time coming on solo. Um, tell us about some of the great work you're doing over at Draft Sharks right now, Adam, um, and some of the, the pods you're putting out, some of the content on the site. Yeah, no, it's been it's great working with those guys, um, Jared, Kevin, and Matt over at Draft Sharks, and now Mike Schulp being part of the podcast team over there, um, doing a pumping out a bunch of podcasts. Um, also going to dive into my – uh, main event strategy article coming up here soon. It'll be out at the end of July. Normally that's early, but good enough. Now with these <laughs> main events kicking off July Fourth weekend, it's like I can't get it out in you know June. So, but um, so we're doing doing a bunch of that and just uh, obviously drafting, drafting like like crazy, uh, getting ready to travel in August. Um, but yeah, uh, we're really digging into the projections and all that stuff over here at Draft Sharks. No, we love Draft Sharks. Jared Smola was on recently. Matt Schaff is coming on. Um, Mike Shop is great. I mean, you guys have just a really, really good team over there, and we respect what you guys are doing a lot because I think our, our pods kind of cross-pollinate with what we're doing in the high-stakes streets. Um, and we're going to talk a lot of high-stakes tonight, but first got to ask, Andrew, how's your fishbowl team doing? Uh, you know what? I, I hated what I did this morning. I should have taken Rondale Moore. I was in the uh... – in the 15th round, I took Isaiah Spiller instead of Rondell Moore, uh, kicking myself. I should should have gone even further into the the no running backs, but actually, I actually like it a lot. I got Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Pitts, and Aaron Jones. I've been tweeting out the team, uh, although once I hit the the Cole Komet pick, I I stopped 
loving the sexiness of the team. So I stopped tweeting out. So maybe, maybe I get back on that train. Maybe I, I find some good cool commit gifts, uh, keep the train rolling. How about you, Theo? And it Adam? gets, le- it gets less exciting to tweet out. Like I drafted Isaiah Spiller at this point, yeah. like the earlier rounds. Yeah. Adam, you guys had an awesome get together in, uh, in Buffalo. Um, you did a live, uh, fishbowl, um, get together. How was that? Uh, it was amazing. It was, um, Thurman Thomas was there. We raised a bunch of money for his charity. It was cool to, to meet one of my, you know, my big bills fans. So to meet one of my like heroes as a kid growing up was really, really cool. And I actually won a, uh, like a, a raffle for a, a golf event with him and his wife. So it's me and a buddy are going to go golfing with him and his wife sometime in like se- September. So that's going to be oh, sweet. incredible. Now I got to dig in. I don't have time. I suck at golf. So I don't even know. I don't have, and I don't have, now's not the time to try to <laughs> dig in with all these drafts coming up. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what we're going to do, but, uh, that, that's going to be really fun. But the event was incredible. Um, met a lot of great people. Zach, Zach Kruger came in, um, for that Louis G Mike Shope. Um, so a lot of, a lot of great people there. Maybe that would, maybe that was your fastball story from that Adam. So, you know, just, just tell me if it was, but, because I, I want you to otherwise save your fastball. Do you have like a C plus story? Cause I want you to save that you're good content for your pods. Do you have like a C plus <laughs> like joke or like something from like Thurman Thomas that you're willing to share in the pod here? Save your good content for your pods. <laughs> not like a C plus something. Yeah, no, I haven't even, gosh, I haven't even really thought about it. I know uh, we had, we, it, it was fun because we did walk, we had like walk-in song. We didn't walk in, but we had like our own like entry songs. So everyone kind of, pick their own songs and it was just kind of fun to see everyone uh like what songs they were picking and Thurman was just getting a kick out of all of it and and so um but I think yeah I don't think I have any specific okay. trying to think any funny yeah, story I put, on, I put you on a spot to, no no it's fine it's and I'll and I'll probably think of something throughout the night but other than Louis other than me picking fourth and wanting thinking Kyler Murray's a lock and Louis G sniping me at three for Kyler Murray other than me wanting to strangle him for that uh it was it was it was a great night yeah we take C plus Thurman Thomas stories or F minus uh, Zach Cooper stories. So. Yeah, there you go. And, and Adam, and who are some of the players that you drafted? I know you're still going as we are. Yes, yeah, so we're still going. We are in the 15th round. Um, and so I actually, so what I use, what's really a, a helpful tool for drafts, especially because these drafts go off the rails, right? I mean, you've got all different levels of experience coming in with all these different rules and different stuff like with the it's tight end premium, which we, which I know we, we, we love and it's super flex and it's all this, it's not, uh, it's not best ball. So, uh, what I love to use is the, the, the draft sharks has a, has a tool called the draft war room and you can go in there and it's a, it's a live syncing draft. And so you can go in and put in all your roster requirements and it's, it's like a cheat sheet, but it's, it's, it's dynamic. So as players are getting picked, it's adjusting the values for all those players and so I went in wanting Kyler Murray, like I said, and once he got sniped, uh, the war room was telling me to take to take Cooper Cup. And in a super flex, I was kind of surprised, but uh, I liked what 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 ended up happening in this draft. So I took I went Cooper Cup, and then I came back in the second and went Tra- Trey Lance fell to me, which I know in the fishbowl isn't he's not like a guy you're really targeting because of the uh, completion percentage, but I still think he could be one of those guys that could like if he ends up as a top five fantasy quarterback, I'm not probably not going to care what his completion percentage is. Touchdowns or touchdowns or touchdowns at the end. Right. Of the um, <laughs> are you are you going for a fun team to root for? Or are you uh, going for uh, 
for sharp and wise decisions? You know, it, normally it's sharp and wise decisions. And I want to say that I tried to do that here, but again, in that environment that we were in, we did the first maybe eight to 10 rounds there. I can't even remember. remember. Oh, and I forgot to mention the main, the, the main event champs were there too. Oh, um, sad. oh yeah. So nice. that, was, that was really cool to, to, to hang out with those guys because they're from Buffalo too. It was great, great to meet them. And they're going to be at the expo and they're going to be out in Vegas and all that. So, uh, cause it was fun to chop it up with them. They were in my league. And um, so, yeah, it's different when, cause I don't do a lot of home leagues anymore. So to have a couple drinks and hang out and just joke around, like that was the atmosphere. So I was kind of going for like favorite players. I took, I took Barkley in, in, the, in the third round. I'm a huge Barkley guy this year. Um, and I was, you know, I, I was happy to take DJ Moore. He's a guy I'm higher on now in the fifth round. Um, and then to kind of look what you were saying to go kind of off the board, I ended up pulling the trigger on Deshaun Watson in the sixth round. So he's my QB two. So we'll see. I mean, my draft really relies on him only being suspended for like four, four to six weeks. And if that, that happens, I really, I really like my team. There's no, there's no one more fun to root for than Deshaun Watson right now. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. Um, true. So my my team, I I went with Josh Allen. I had the one-on-one and then I got Derek Carr in the second, um, which I didn't love going QB, QB, but I think Carr um, in this format is going to be very good. I think him and, like guys like Cousins and Carr, um, I think are going to be very good uh, fishbowl quarterbacks based on the rules. Um, and then I was able to get C.D. Lamb and Saquon Barkley. And then I just went fun, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, I got D.J. Moore, Michael Pittman, Hunter Renfro, Kadarius Tony, Darnell Mooney. And then I got a little stack action with Gabe Davis. Um, and then I followed up with a little Dawson Knox. So I'll have a little double Buffalo stack. Um, and a single uh, Raider stack every week. And then I was able to add James Cook a little later, so I have a lot of exposure to uh, Buffalo. But it's just – it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's great what, uh, you know, Scott Fish does for the fantasy community, kind of uniting it, and also how much money he raises for charity with Fantasy Cares. So we, we really love that. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we, we all finish up our drafts because I think uh, we've got some good names for, like, those last couple of rounds um, – That'll definitely be, be fun to close it out with. But I want to focus over to what we play, the high-stakes streets, and namely the FFPC tonight uh, where Adam plays most of his uh, you know high-stakes action. Although, Adam, you bounce around a little bit. Um, in Ve- You said in Vegas you're going to be doing uh, FFPC drafts, but will you be doing some other high-stakes formats um, you know, heading up to that in the summer? Yes. So, um, you mean live? What ones am I doing? Or just any, you know, really any, any, anything that you're, you're doing, um, online or live. Yeah. So, uh, I'll be in Kentucky for the KFFSC in late August. That's, that's fun. I went, I drafted in it two years ago, went live last year. That was, that, that was a great time. Farrell puts on a great event over there. A really, really nice event. So that was fun. The highest sticks they have there is a thousand dollar buy-in. They, I get in all of the ones of those that, that are there. Um, so that's, that's fun. That's, that's the uh, two weekends, I think before Vegas. And then I'm going to be doing the FFWC. I'm, I'm registered for a couple main events there. And then I'm registered for the, for the 5k live there. I think on Friday night, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to get them all, all confused, but I'm registered for the 5k there live event. Uh, I think that's at the MGM. And then I'm registered for the 3k and the 5k, and the 2500 auction in Vegas all live. I'm not doing any live 
like main main events just because you can do those on online and all these other ones you really you really can't i mean you yeah. can do the 3k and the 5k online but half the people are there half the people are in vegas i don't i don't like that vibe i'd rather be be with everybody if they're all, and you can't do auctions online high stakes so that's right uh, anytime I can do an auction, I love doing auctions. I took down the 750 last year, so I'm I'm doing that one again this year, along with the 2500. So I'm I'm really excited about about that. You're, you're skipping the one that Dan and I are in. We're the we're in the 1250 on the Friday morning. The 1250. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Is that is that an, an an auction? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's Friday morning. I don't. Remember. I know. Sometimes. No. Yeah, for, well, well then I don't think I'm in that one because Friday morning I'm in a. 5k because i know i had the bills game thursday night that i'll be at so i lost a whole day of drafting and uh, i know i have to like i mean you guys probably don't want to you we're going off the rails here but my yeah, flight right. two days ago my flight so i'm flying in to vegas whatever i fly from vegas to la on thursday morning i go to the game and then i fly from vegas from la back to vegas thursday night that flight just got pushed up to like halftime of the bills game so i don't even uh, know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be I don't know what I'm going to do. I might be I driving on with us and not on with Delta, whoever. <laughs> I'm going to be driving through the night <laughs> to get back for a 5K at 9:30 in the morning or whatever it is. What a oh, that's awesome! Decision. Horrible decision. No, we're we're super stoked about Vegas. Uh, Andrew and I have a number of teams we're splitting out, uh, and we're going to be doing the varsity with Dan. Uh, then Dan and I split a main event out there. Um, I'm doing a bunch of NFFCs, some FFWCs, a bunch of FFPCs. So it's it's going to be just great. I cannot wait. Um, it's always one of the highlights of the year. And then I get the New York City one uh, the weekend before that for NFFC, which Adam, you've got to you've got to come uh, downstate and make it there one year. We we we'd love to see you down there. I know. I and it's it's actually on my calendar. My my wife's like, what is this NFFC New York City? Because it's because my son is huge into fantasy now, and I really want to get him involved. But you know, he can't draft in Vegas. He can't draft in Kentucky because it's at a casino. So I would love to take him to New York. If it fits, I'm going to try to fit in a trip down there. I got some cousins in Queens, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but it, it, it is in, it is in the calendar. I haven't registered yet. And to be honest with you, like the NFFC, like never, I've, so I've never competed in like a high stakes event there. And I just, you know, before in my younger days, I'd be like, yeah, I want to, I want to take on everybody now with, with like a bankroll, that I'm like working with. I'm like, do I really want to risk it against? Cause I'm definitely going to be at a disadvantage. I'm drafting against the same guys, but in a new format, I, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. And I, uh, I fully admit that I don't know if I want to risk uh, part of the bankroll on a big learning curve like that, but I might just go go ahead and do it. So as somebody who does both, I think that the, you would not be at an advantage drafting. I think that the, the, actually the, the disadvantage comes where, the guys that play in one single format only have to do waivers in one single format. Sure. Where you have to bounce around in waivers, where I think, at least for me, um, it's it's a little bit annoying um, having to bounce between like websites to to do waivers. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a great time. Um, you know, live drafts are are terrific, and we're we're less than two months away from it, so it's it's really really exciting time of the season. Last week, uh, Andrew and I had a chance to sit down with Ben Gretsch um, and talk. It turned into a – I had a I had a very uh, good show sheet um, with multiple positions. But once we started talking wide receivers, uh, we just couldn't get off of it. Uh, ben is, is super sharp when it comes to the wide receiver position. 
It is Andrew's favorite position to draft by far. So we just, uh, we galaxy brained it and it was tremendous. Tonight, I want to pivot over to tight ends. Um, Adam plays a ton of FFPC. Andrew does. I do as well. It's such an important position. Um, and let's just dive right into it. Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. This question for both of you guys. Do you see yourself building some early, early tight end uh, builds with one of those two guys? Uh, I'll say for me personally, I've taken Mark Andrews. Um, I took him as the, I had the 111 in the football guys, and he fell to me in the second round. And I liked the way my team turned out with him as my second round selection. And in other formats, non-FFPC, I've been a little more inclined to take those two because they fall. Um, but in FFPC, you're certainly playing paying a premium. Uh, we can start with Adam. Have you built any teams with Andrews Kelsey? And do you see yourself doing so moving forward? So I haven't drafted Andrews yet. And I need like the main, the, I'm sure I've taken him an underdog in one of my 9 million drafts over there. Sure. But like, I think I've done seven seven or eight football guys so far and I have no Mark Andrews. I think the first football guys I did, which might've been the, one of the first drafts of the whole competition, I took Kelsey at the four. So I do, I do have a build there. Um, I also took Kelsey in a, in a player profiler championship over at FFWC. That's like their version of the football guys. Um, I took him. It's not tight end premium. I took him at the, at the, 211 and I was super stoked to get him there because he he went after ADP but then in that like people were getting uh I think I think Billy was in that draft Billy Musian or I think he got maybe Hawkinson in like the ninth round or something I'm like oh well if I'd if I'd have known I could get like Kittle in the seventh I might have just waited but but yeah I, I'm I'm okay in tight end premium building around around Kelsey um you know and then just and then punting it till you know, there are some, and, and we'll get into it. There are some deep sleeper or maybe not deep, but some, some guys are like late um, that I'm okay with, with, with drafting. Um, and, but yes, I have built a little bit around Kelsey, not around Andrews yet. I'm not so sure he's a guarantee. I mean, I love, and I don't want to jump ahead, but I love, love, love Kyle Pitts this year. And so I really like whenever save, I get the opportunity, save, save, save definitely save. The okay. Pick. We're going to dive into oh, him. Oh, oh. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll follow up. You've drafted Kelsey. Do you see Kelsey break in 150 this year? He's had 150 targets one time in his career. And it seems like it could be falling into place where the ADOP might not be as high, but he could get over it this year. I feel like if there's some, you know, week-to-week ambiguity at the wide receiver position there um, and maybe a running back by committee, it seems like it could be like a <laughs> – and almost like Mahomes has slight tunnel vision for, for Kelsey's season if it all falls right. Do you see it that way? Absolutely. I mean, the only reason you, you can't predict injury. Um, you know, Draft Sharks has a pretty good like uh sports injury uh thing going on over at the website. And um everyone should check that out. But you can't predict injuries, and if if you don't think Kelsey's gonna get hurt, how can you not predict? you know, have him getting 150, even if he slows down a little, a little bit, he's going to get so many targets. He's going to score so many touchdowns. I mean, in a tight end premium situation outside of injury, there's no way he busts. I mean, I'm, and when I mean bust, it's like, okay, if you take him as a number one tight end, he finishes as the number three tight end. I think you're still fine. Um, 
maybe the maybe top top two. It depends. Like if you're spending a, a top six pick on it, it depends how the tier the tier break is right. in the position right. in FFPC, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I th- I think he could. I think he'd absolutely do it. Um, and I think that he's interesting too because if you look at like the splits from last season, he had like a stretch where he was battling injuries and the team was a little sporadic on offense, and he had like an, a few bad weeks in a row. But he cr- smashed in the playoffs. He had the the massive game against the Chargers towards the end of the season. Um, so like, if you look at his his season kind of in, in like as a whole, it's not as impressive as looking at the kind of the 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 back half of it. And he had the unfortunate um, week where he missed the with COVID. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to say that again. A guy missing with COVID ever again this season. But yeah, Chelsea missed the game where we were in the fantasy playoffs, and it, it was just it was very tilting. I know I had a football guys team that was really good um, that that really couldn't overcome that. Um, Andrew, how about you with Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, kind of a position, maybe a position you'd be you'd be comfortable taking them? Are they guys that you just you're pivoting in other directions too, or so do you mind? Uh, great question, Theo. L- love the question. Thanks for the question. Do you mind posting the draft board I just shared on the screen? Absolutely. So I, I was convinced that I had not taken any of Mark Andrews, but this is an early, uh, never too early best ball tournament. And I, I looked at my percentages and I had one. I was like, okay, what was the team? I'm team 12 here. I went, I went, uh, Mark, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, uh, from the turn. So this is my only Mark Andrews, um, uh, team that, that I have going on uh, on FFPC right now. So I think where I'm at, and this was just a unique build uh, for that tournament, but I my preferences, especially seeing as I've gotten probably smarter over the past couple of months, or at least more set in kind of what I want to be doing on the back end of the drafts, I've just been avoiding the Kelsey Mark Andrews uh, turn and opting for like a Stefan Diggs or maybe like a De- DeAndre Swift. So I, I I think more recently I have been avoiding both Kelsey and Mark Andrews, not necessarily anything against them. I just think that there's production later, which is maybe what Adam you're, you're referring to. You just like guys better and you can get access to them uh, a, a round or a few rounds later. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. So we're, we're all kind of on the same page. I think, I think for me, like I've taken, I've taken Andrews at the beginning of the second. Um, I will say there's something to it and we're going to get into it a little bit on kind of a, tight end structure from a, from a team perspective. But I think there's something to it also with those valuable rounds where maybe you, when you're taking kind of like the mid tier tight ends, um, you could be going for a running back or wide receiver with upside. If you have exposure to those early tight ends. Um, But we don't need to spend too much time on those guys. Uh, I know there's a player that you're both super excited about um, and it's Kyle Pitts Uh, right now, Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts in, in early main events, has an ADP of 21 overall. He's squarely in the second round. Um, Andrew and I have seen him go as high as the early second, um, you know, maybe the the one-two turn. And we've seen him – He, I saw him go with the 301 um, once. But we'll call him a mid-second round, mid-to-late second round pick. Adam, how, how much Kyle Pitts are you going to get if he stays right there? All of them. I mean, I just – I don't love the receivers in that range. Once you get past Mike Evans, to me, like I'm not. There's so many question marks to me with the Debo's and the Tyreeks and 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 the AJ Browns. Like Kyle Pitts has a you know if it wasn't for Kelsey, 
he has just an opportunity, to, and even with Kelsey, to just destroy the slate at tight end. I mean, the guy had a thousand yards as a rookie tight end. That's just it doesn't happen. Now I get it. You know, you're gonna get the Ian Harditzes who say he doesn't play the tight end position, right? Like he play he plays out wide, but that's I don't fine. Who cares? Like I don't care where he, where he plays. He's going to have a ton of targets. Yeah. He was super yeah. unlucky in the touchdown department last year, and you can just tell he passes the eye test. He's a freak of nature. You know, um, and so I just think, you know, their quarterback situation, they don't have a great quarterback situation there, but you know, th- th- this quarterback that's prop that's pr- probably going to start. I mean, he, De- Delaney Walker had great seasons with him for the Titans. So again, I just think that uh, Kyle Pitts is ascending and I, you know, there's been some banter on Twitter back and forth and I love it. It's where we learn and we're just bouncing stuff off of each other, but I, this might be a year early for, for him, but even a year early uh, can still be, even if he finishes as a top three to t- tight end, you're still fine. He's not, he's not, he's not going to kill you, but he has a chance to absolutely smash. Yeah. And you say take him a year early where I can see the argument, maybe we're, we're drafting him aggressively a year early, but it's going to be like your only opportunity to get him in this range. That's if right. Progresses yep. slightly. Because yeah. year year three, Kyle Pitts, if he finishes as tight end three, and let's say it's close to let's say tight end one, two, and three are 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 significantly above, where he's an impactful uh, player drafted in, in his range, there's a chance he goes one hundred and one next year, depending on how some things go with 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 yeah. running. It's like if he shows you know a massive a massive improvement, um, he looks like you know an alpha. He scores some touchdowns. He does all the things we think he could do. Then he's in tight end premium. It's like the sky's the limit. Um, and he's going to also be in the contention for 101 in dynasty startups in, in FFPC. So I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if I really like that argument. Um, I think that the better argument will be, I think that there's guys in the second round that can give me better win rates if I take instead of Kyle Pitts. But I think saying like, we're not we're drafting Kyle Pitts a year early is is not the the correct take. That's just my opinion. And Andrew, please spread more propaganda of uh, Bitcoin because I want my Bitcoin to to rise a little bit. To, to rise. No, I mean, I, 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 well, I, I don't mind skipping ahead, and I'm not really. But like, if you look at the tight ends net, like Kelsey, Mark Andrews, maybe not him, but Waller, uh, Kittle. You could tell me that Kelsey Waller Kittle are all like nothings at the position next year. Like maybe there's just like a total cliff. Maybe they're hurt. Maybe, maybe whatever. I mean, I, I think I'm more convinced that they fall off an age cliff uh, than Kyle Pitts, you know, doesn't return at least second round value uh, year over year. I mean, I think that's maybe, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, but I think that's where you're going with the, you could see like a meteoric rise, even on like a tight end, yeah, two or three finish from Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, I posted I'm, another draft board. This is from our football guys that we did live sure. last week, Theo. Super jealous of team one getting him at 212. You said 301, 212. Oh, oh, that's not it. That's not it. That was, that's not it. That was, that was my technical yeah. difficulties. We'll come, we'll come back. We'll come back to it. But yeah, the, the, the and what you want to talk about the maximizing the one hole, but what a gift to be able to start with McCaffrey. Uh, I, got, I got it up there. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I mean, that's just like it, it's, I think he's somebody who go back to like the digs or Swift. I think even early in that second round, he still gives you access. And I know we're talking structure later, but I think he gives you access to be able to do a lot of free things with your team. Now, getting at the two twelve, the three hundred one, as you, as you, like I said, there you mentioned, like that's that's stealing. That that's unbelievable value. But I, I just love Kyle Pitts anywhere in the second round. 
um, where where you can get him because then you can like push your guys into like the late round one if you really need to if you wanted to get a certain build uh, out of a Kyle Pitts team. Yeah, um, and I think it's so we can also remind ourselves like we love Mark Andrews, but Mark Andrews was we were drafting him as tight end six last year. Yeah. Um, and now he's he's tight end one or two. Um, and like again, I've taken him, but. At the end of the year, Kyle Pitts outscoring Mark Andrews is certainly in the realm of possibilities, um, and you're getting him, you know, significantly lower. So he's he's definitely polarizing in terms of like where to take him. But I don't think anybody is is betting against him taking a big step uh, in year two. And I think one other thing to consider with Pitts is, you know, Adam brought up like uh, Ian Harditz talking about how he's a wide receiver, like good. <laughs> wide receivers improve so much between their rookie and second year. It's like where we see the most improvement. Um, so to, if, you know, just projecting him as a, as a wide receiver, I think we'd be incredibly excited, um, you know, about him at that position, let alone having him tight end eligibility. So we're all in on pits. All three of us like pits where he's going. Um, and all three of us will have some exposure to pits. We'll own a little bit of more pit coin by the end of this, uh, this draft season. Um, but now let's talk about some tight ends that maybe are, are a little less interesting. And we'll keep the board open here um, because we sort of see Pitts in his own tier. Um, he seems to be like the, the in, in like his own little range, uh, I'd say about a round range at least before the next one goes. Darren Waller, uh, Dalton Schultz, George Kittle have kind of a mini tier. And Schultz is kind of all over the place. This particular draft, he's in the third round. You see him in the fifth round sometimes. So we'll call it like a Waller and then usually Kittle, but sometimes Schultz before Kittle. They're kind of all in their own little range. I've drafted Darren Waller. I took him at 310 in, in the current main event I'm in, in a slow draft. Um, I like Waller, and he would be the player I like in that range the most of those, of those couple of guys, although he is going highest ADP. Adam, what's your thoughts on Waller, and then we can touch on on Kittle, and maybe we'll save Schultz. Yeah, so I have Waller and one uh, football guys. Um, and I don't really. It's one of those guys that, that you take because he's like the next guy there, and you want an early tight end. But I just there's so many question marks around Waller, not about his skills or anything, but you know you added an absolute target hog with Devontae Adams to that offense, um, brand new coaching staff coming in there. It's like, you just don't know what to expect out of him. He's not a, you know, he's not, he's not Kelsey's age, but he's not young, super young either. Um, so in that, in that range, that's another reason. I mean, that's another reason why I love pits because I can take pits and I'm not going to make these decisions. Generally Kittle, I have a few times, but only because I love the idea of stacking him with, with, with Trey Lance. And when I lose out on Lance later, I get pissed that I spent a pick on Kittle and then I didn't mm. get Lance. So I, I, you know, I, if I have to pick between Kittle or Waller, I go Kittle, but again, he's got question marks. You have a, you have a run first young quarterback, a ton of weapons there. Kittle's always hurt. Cause he thinks he's a franchise left tackle and tries to pancake everybody, every single play. Um, so uh, I, I, those two are two guys that I'll generally, you know, once the high stakes season comes around, the main events start start in full gear and all these. Those are two guys I'll probably 
be uh, be skipping over. I know someone talked about Adam. Are you going to bring the sauce tonight or whatever? Like, if you're in a draft with me, just know in those leagues I'll probably be passing on Darren Waller and Kittle because there are some guys I like later, um, yeah, yeah. and there's some other guys I really different positions that I that I like a little bit better in that range too. So I would agree with the I like guys yeah. a little bit better in the range of of Waller, but like Waller at like three ten for me, it offered me not only structure of getting up what I think will be a top five tight end. Um, and, and if he fails a little bit, you know, we could call him tight end six or show, tight end six or seven, but I think he's a very talented player. Um, Devonte Adams certainly could, could bring down like he's Devonte is the alpha it's clear, but at the end of the day, it could be like a pie is getting larger type argument for the offense as a whole. Um, we've seen Carr have great success with Waller. Um, and I don't think Waller would be going away. Um, I also think it's going to be a very consolidated offense um, in terms of like the target tree um, where I think it's going to be very, it's going to be easy to kind of predict, um, you know, on a week to week basis, which way it's going um, in Las Vegas. So he's super interesting. Andrew, what's your, your thoughts on Darren Waller? Is there like a specific range where you would, would want to draft him? Do you want to have some exposure to him? Um, I think my answer is he, he'd have to pr- fall closer to his max range than his ADP for me to be willing to go after him. Like, like a lot of guys would have to clear out in that third round. Um, especially as I'm looking at this particular draft board, I think I'm still taking DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, mm-hmm. uh, ahead of Darren, uh, Darren Waller. Um, but I'm also the guy who took OJ Howard in the third round, um, of 2019. So I, I just may, maybe it's, maybe I become a little gun shy after, uh, after doing that. I think it's just one of those things where if I, if I miss the elite tight end, if, or, or I think elite tight end is the first or second round, um, it's something where I, I wait. But I, I understand the argument for taking him. And I and I, and I will skip ahead again on you, Theo, like structure-wise. I think it's a good question. We asked Gretch towards the end of the podcast. Got to go back and listen. We, we slipped it in right at the end, Theo, of the, the, naked, the naked tight end. Yeah. What, at, at what range, Adam, would you be comfortable – and, and maybe it's after three. That's fine. Maybe it's after one. Maybe maybe it's you're not comfortable going naked tight end. But is there a point where hey, I went tight end so early that I can't be taking like another one during those like rounds like ten through thirteen where maybe you want to grab that second tight end? Is there is there a cutoff in the tight end tier where you'd be feel comfortable going naked tight end based on what you did early in the draft? Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably never go naked tight end only because. Okay. I in FFPC, it's and I'm sure there are some examples, and there are examples of guys getting even game last year. People last year, people getting Schultz off the waiver wire, yeah. Um, and so early in the season, there and are Logan Thomas was the year before, that's yeah. right. There's Dawson always that Knox one guy, year. it's Dawson Knox last year, yeah, yeah. Dalton Schultz at the waiver wire tight ends have been every you've been hitting, um, you know, pretty much every year. We've had a guy, um, that's become at least usable, if not two. Um, and when I say usable, it's inside the top 12. Right. And, and, and so I, I, I get it, but I would just feel much more comfortable taking a guy that I believe in later. Cause you can still go get that tight end off, off waivers and have three, like there's no, sure. nothing saying, and that's the whole argument. And then I'm going way off the rails now. Like, and, no, I, yeah. and I, I'm a believer in zero RB can work. I've, I've, I, I won the three K last year going zero RB, but it's it's the, the, a lot of the premise on that is hey well you're gonna get these running backs off waivers well you still gotta win the bids to get these yeah re, re, these running backs so you still gotta win the bid to get that that that, that tight end some guy might go crazy and bid on 
on that tight end. And now you're, you have a naked tight end with, uh, with the guy that hit on somebody else's roster. So I won't, I won't go naked tight end, even if I go pits, but I'll wait. And I got a guy this year that I really like in that 13, 14, uh, he might, he might've moved up. I know, I know Theo's a big, a big ADP uh, guy over here. I want to make sure I don't. Uh, miss yeah. If you quote an ADP run front Theo, that's right. I'm going to make yeah. sure. He's going on like the Omerta. It's a pet peeve, but <laughs> Adam, Adam has to tell the truth until, until, uh, you know, until August 1st, it's pretty much, you can defer to tears after August 1st. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no fantasy Omerta when, when you're not in a main right now. And, uh, <laughs> And all that kind of stuff. We can, we can there you go. There you go. Okay, I, I think that's. I, I, so I think I think my point again with bringing up with with Waller is I think that he and maybe Kittle are about my cutoff for maybe doing it. If I'm taking them that early, I think I'm being aggressive here in the early drafting season. I I get what you said. I think I'd rather have the wide receiver, running back, um, lotto tickets, um, and and pay and pay for a little bit of information. Uh, understanding that I still have to go and, and win the biz, but I, I'm, I'm more and more warming up to the strategy of if I'm going to be so aggressive and take that first, second, or third round tight end, then I think I want the extra lotto tickets uh, instead of the, the second tight end there. Sure. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I kind of lean to uh, what Adam said. I, it's hard to go, it's hard to go naked tight end. Um, I think it's also because I think that's a great point Adam made on. You know, if you like a tight end too, and you think he's really going to beat ADP, having him on your roster is a helpful thing. Also, with the tight end premium format, you might be able to use him in the flex. You know, during bye weeks, and you're preventing another team from getting a you know a, a Dawson Knox, a, a Pat Fryermuth, a guy who you know was undrafted or was drafted towards the very end, and they both ended up finishing in the top like 13 tight ends last year, um, which is again valuable to have in in, in this format. Um, I want to go back to a question in the chat. The chat is lit. Uh, we have Stearns, Famous J, Josh uh, McAtee. Um, and it's actually a question from Josh. In, in reference to Kyle Pitts, um, we all we talk about consolidated target trees. Do you think that drafting Pitts and Drake London on the same team um, is, is, a, is a nice strategy? Um, or would it be just taking a, a shot on one Falcon in a potentially bad offense? Um, I, I, I like it. I, I love it in best ball and I like it here too, because if you think they're going to be the top two, which they're absolutely go- going to be on a team that is going to be terrible, they're going to have to throw, throw the ball. I know it's going to, they want to not throw it a lot, but they're going to, they're, they're going to have to, you know, so they're going to be, um, in, in the defenses that, that they face aren't like exceptional in their, in, in their, their division Tampa's good, you know, but you got Carolina and the saints, like they're not these big stout, stout defenses. So yeah, I mean, if, if you're getting most of the targets from, from, from those guys. And again, if Drake, if Drake London, if I didn't absolutely love pits and if Drake London wasn't going way below 80, he, in my, in my opinion, like I, I love where Drake London's going. So if you're able to get both of those guys at ADP, I absolutely love, love it. How about how about you, Andrew? London and uh, and Pitts on the same team? Uh, n- no. I mean, it may, m- maybe I just, I just think at that point I'm I'm using that as a tiebreaker and probably shying a little bit away from London. I I like them both, uh, but probably I'm not going full bore. And I think you'd probably have to take them what like two two picks in six rounds 
on the Falcons offense. I just, I just think I'm shying away from that uh, ever so slightly, even though I do like them both individually. Um, and then a shout out to Famous Jay. Um, we have a question about what are your differences in drafting a best ball team compared to a season long one uh, with weekly lineups, a managed league versus an unmanaged best ball. I'll, I'm I'm interested to see what Adam and Andrew say on this as well. For me, um, I think that the diff- one of the, the biggest differences, best ball, the structure of your team matters an incredible amount. Um, and correlation and stacking for me in these best ball tournaments are, are something that I want to do and have exposure to. Uh, maybe more so than than a managed league, um, even in a tournament uh, like you know the football guys that we're looking at. Um, but again, like for best ball drafting, I still want to draft the, the players I believe in, just like a um, a redraft league. Uh, I think that you know you you get into. I think some people will reach too often and that sort of thing. Although this is not a best ball show, that's kind of where it's at for me. A little more focus on structure, making sure I cover the the specific positions since I can't add to them. How about you, Adam? Yeah, best ball on structure is huge. One of the things I've learned the hard way the last couple of years is is t- is taking zeros or trying not to take zeros later on. Um, you know, I came in second overall last year in the DS Invitational. I was trying, I was chasing Chad from day one, who was in my my own league, and I was chasing him and chasing him, and he ended up you know holding on for dear life because my last couple rounds I was he he had Rashad Penny going crazy, and I had. You know, nobody. I zeros all up and down the, the back end of my roster. So in best ball, I'm trying to to avoid. I'm taking less high, you know, upside guys, and more like maybe a guy that's like the wide receiver two on a on a on a team where I think he can at least get me. Like the the teams I'm looking at are like the 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 Jaguars, the Texans, guys that you know are going to play and get you some sort of fantasy production, maybe popping a touchdown here and there. So that's. That's what I'm kind of looking to do this year is, is try to bolster the back end of my roster. But I generally lean running back in best ball because I feel like you can get those random touchdowns from receivers uh, here and there. But a lot of these tournaments now are start three receivers, so it gets a little bit harder to to, to do that. I'm certainly not going naked. I'm certainly not going naked tight end. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no, we can keep it moving, Theo. Um, George Kittle, in or out, guys? We can go short on this one. Um, elaborate as much as you want. I, in Dynasty, I traded. Ugh, I still too low on Kittle, but that's where I'm out on him, or uh, that's where I'm at on him. I traded Kittle for Firemuth in a in a second round, 2023 second round. That's how low I was on Kittle. I I thought I was timing it right and trying to get out before. You know, some kind of bad news in San Francisco. Hey, this is way early this offseason. I don't love it, but that's just where I'm at. I think I, I think you know, obviously not a, not dynasty subject for tonight, but um, I think he's a guy that, again, being a year too early, being um, you know, out on is where I want to be. Yeah, I, I'll say for me, it's it's a guy I haven't drafted yet, and I think you kind of like he's not a player I dislike. But you kind of see what you're really thinking. The truth is never more clear than when you're on the clock if you're not willing to press that draft button. And I just haven't been willing to do it on Kittle. Um, Adam brought up Trey Lance earlier in the show. Um, Potential concerns about the passing volume in in San Francisco could be a little more run heavy. I just think we saw Debo Samuel make a, a huge, huge, huge leap forward as a player last year. Um, and I think that Brandon Ayuk, 
Andrew and I took last week in, in, the, in the ninth round is still a guy who I am not out on. Um, so, like, for me, I can see the ceiling with Kittle, um, but it just it hasn't been something that I've that where I've drafted him. Um, I've gone in other directions, you know, whether it's like a, a Jalen Waddle or a DJ Moore or the particular players going near him in the draft, um, let alone another tight end. It's really just a, I don't want to take Kittle over these really appealing running backs and wide receivers uh, where he's going. How about you, Adam? Yeah, I'm mostly out on Kittle unless, you know, he falls way past ADP. Obviously, the, the talent's there, but it, there's just too, too many question marks. And then I'll say this. Um, we need to spend a little time on Dalton Schultz, even though none of us really want to do it. Um, Dalton Schultz is going extremely high. As you can see in the uh, in the draft that Andrew and I were just in, the football guys we did on Half Million Billies, um, Schultz goes in the third round, which is just nuts. He goes at the 311 here. Um, I've seen him go at the 4-5 turn. I've seen him go in the mid-fourth. And it's been pretty – pretty regularly, um, you know, since July one, um, what would, I'll say this, where would you be comfortable taking Dalton Schultz? Um, Andrew, is there, is there a round where you'd feel comfortable taking him? Maybe that'll show how would you really price him? Yeah, maybe six or seven, certainly after Dallas Goddard, if I'm looking at this board, um, I'm, I'm just, and I hate I hate to keep doing this the 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 show sheet deal, but just like structurally, Dalton Schultz just doesn't make. He's not where I want to be taking tight ends, and he's certainly not the the right kind of tight end bet because I just think he's. I'm gonna be mean. I'm not really a talent evaluator, evaluator, but he's more or less in the just a guy where I could see a you know I could at least see some glimmers of athleticism from Hawkinson and, and especially Goddard. Like I just I just think Schultz is there, and I think he was a a pure volume guy, and I just don't know if he's going to get that again this year. Now. You can make all the arguments you want that it, you know Cooper's gone. It's just I just don't think that Schultz has the room to run, and and you know I, I may be wrong. I think somebody it's more likely that some somebody else steps up, a Jalen Tolbert steps up or a Gallup steps up, than it is a, a Schultz just takes another huge leap. Adam, where would you take Dalton Schultz? Yeah, I would take him. I'm so I'm looking at main event ADP right now, and he's going. The four eleven is his is his ADP. I definitely wouldn't take him there because the guys are there. So I, I would I would take him at like the yeah like the beginning of the sixth is where I would consider him. But again, I like I like Goddard better. So I would probably just try to keep waiting and take Goddard, or I would yep. just take Goddard over him. But I like um, I mean Schultz. I think I'm a little higher on him as a as a fantasy prospect than it sounds like you guys are. Like I think he's built that rapport with Dak. They did lose Amari Cooper. I've seen games where it's just pass after pass after pass to Dalton Schultz. Five. It's like Jason Witten. They freaking love that. That slow plotting tight end who knows how to get open for five yards. You know, so um, I, I'm a little bit higher on him as a fantasy prospect, but where he's going, um, I like. I like the receiver. I, I'm in love with some of the receivers there. Yeah, and I'll say like the thing. One other thing about Schultz is I agree with you where I think that his targets should be somewhat similar, um, but I don't see his targets going like into like like I don't see one twenty five, one thirty for him. I mean, he was closer to one hundred last year. The reason he finished tight end three, one of the main reasons was he had eight touchdown uh, touchdowns. Like I feel like eight touchdowns is is a hard bet. So even if his targets go up slightly, 
Um, I just don't see it. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. I would feel more comfortable if he was like a sixth round pick. Um, but again, he's probably not a guy I'm going to have a whole lot of based on where he's going in, but it, like in, in NFFC and FFWC, I'm certainly not out, but in FFPC, it's not something um, I, I really see myself doing. I do think that the, that it's a very interesting kind of next three um, in uh, for the tight end position. You've got last year's uh, fantasy darling TJ Hawkinson, who went ahead of Mark Andrews, and basically that decision tilted so many leagues. You've got uh, Dalton Schultz, or excuse me, you've got Dallas Goddard, um, who the draft sharks are all over. Um, we had Jared Smola talk about how you know he's going to outscore Dalton Schultz this year when he was on the GOAT district. We'll be interested to hear you elaborate on that. And then we have old man Zach Ertz. Um, who had a career renaissance, or a, not a really career renaissance, but a season renaissance uh, when he went from Philly to Arizona and just had a number of very, very good usable weeks. Those three guys are kind of intriguing. Where's your head at on those three? We'll, we'll start with Adam on this one. Yeah, and this is where <laughs> there's so many reasons to love these guys, and I want to call it like the tight end dead zone because you just – it's like running backs every year. You love these running backs in the third and fourth round. You talk yourselves into them. And then there's all these question marks. And I feel like it's the same thing with tight end year in and year out. And we never, at least I never learn. And it's, you know, it's either take the elite ones up top or take the, take two or three of the mid like 12, 13, 14th round guys, pick up those guys off, off waivers. But, yeah. but just talking about these guys is exciting because I just feel like, they all have such good potential. I love Hawkinson. Hawkinson was, I think, the tight end five in points per game before he got hurt. I was surprised that they didn't use him him more. I mean, the coach there is a tight end, the former tight end. Like Hawkinson looked great. He had some some you know just some spectacular th- Thanksgiving. He had like three targets and a touchdown. I think on three, you know, he had a prime time corner route back on a Monday night game that he caught a touch. He's just so good. And he's young and he has got the draft capital. But now they've got a ton of talent there now. So it's like, you know, are we high on him? Not really. Um, Goddard, yeah, Goddard. Goddard's a guy that we love over, over at Draft Sharks. I totally get it. We've been waiting for this moment for years. In fact, I was the year in, in 19 when I came in top five in the main event, I, my starting lineup for the playoffs was Ertz and Goddard and Gasecki. So I, I was starting both all three of them, and they were all three of them s- smashing. So Ertz and Goddard. Now we've been waiting. Now Goddard's all all by himself. Um, so he's he's a guy that 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 I reason why I'm out on previous tight ends we talked about is because if I don't get one of the elite ones, Goddard's my guy. And then, um, but I you know Ertz uh, is a guy that I liked. I was really on early in maybe early. Listen to me in like March. You know, just the idea of him of him being there once, um, you know, once they have the the, the issues with you know, is Kyler Murray gonna what's what's going on there? Hopkins is out for six weeks, so I think Ertz is a guy that could start hot, but I think maybe slow down towards the end of the year. So that's kind of the way I, I look at those guys. Andrew, is there one of those three that that you like the most when we reference when we put it in context of ADP? Yeah. Yes, uh, Hawkinson. Allow me to misquote uh, and bastardize uh, <laughs> JJ Zacharyson research, though. I think he did like the tight end dead zone ish, you know, um, you know, study. I don't think that's exactly what he called it, but it was more or less what do you do with these mid around tight ends? And if they're not the primary pass catcher on their team, it's like they're almost like, you know, it's, it's like a more or less bad bet. Allow me to TLDR it. 
if they're not the primary pass catcher and this, that, and the other criteria, then it's then it's a bad bet. And I'm looking at a, let's let's go back to like why I like Kyle Pitts. Then let's apply that for like I don't even think he'd be considered middle round, but he's probably the primary ca- uh, pass catcher on the Falcons now. If you look at the Waller, Schultz, Kittle, Hawkinson, Goddard, and Ertz, I can really only reasonably make the argument for primary pass catcher for TJ Hawkinson. Like you know. It's probably Amon Russell St. Brown, but it's certainly not, you know, the other guys certainly aren't the the leaders uh, for their team. So I think from my perspective, it is Hawkinson. He does go a little bit early. I I think I'd prefer to catch an ADP break on him if I was going yeah. that direction. But Adam, I mean, you 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 nailed it. I'm going elite early or one of the, um, you know, multiple guys later. But since I'm playing the game, um, you, you know, d- definitely Hawkinson and then Goddard for me uh, would be second um, of this tier. Yeah, and Goddard for me was a guy um, when he was falling in the seventh more often, he would be a guy that I would be taking. Um, now you kind of see him going between like the the sixth and the seventh. Um, I've often seen him go in like the late sixth. Uh, so I, I kind of liked him the most because he was the, the latest in the, in the tier. Um, we, again, really respect uh, Jared Smola's uh, opinion, and he's been singing his praises all offseason. Uh, so uh, Goddard's another guy where like, that Philadelphia offense could take a huge step forward. Um, and it's very funny because like if we, we still have to target talented football players and like our main argument for, for Dalton Schultz's situation targets, all these metrics, but like for Goddard, it's the guy's a beast. Like he's an absolute beast of a tight end. He's got athletic ability. Um, you know, he can, he can take over a football game if he's getting targeted. Um, and I think, I think like for me, um, I don't want to not have um, some exposure to him because I really believe in his talent. I also like uh, Andrew's call on, on Hawkinson, um, you know, and I'll remind everyone again, Andrews was tight end six last year um, in terms of where he was being drafted. So kind of like right in these guys' wheelhouses. Um, and then Ertz, I'll agree with you guys. He's just not a guy that I'm like, like super, super excited about. Um, but it is a very, very interesting tier. That that and then after those guys are drafted, we kind of see like a tier break. Um, this board Knox went kind of a little bit early, um, but we usually see like a like a like a log jam at the at the tight end position um, where you'll see Knox, Komet, uh, Pat Fryermuth, Irv Smith, Mike Jacecki, Albert Okwabunum. Um, they kind of go in like a they kind of go in like a it's like a, like a, like a straight purple, uh, you know, uh, range starting in like the eighth, eighth round and kind of ending in like the 10th. Um, what are your, who are your favorite players in that range? Starting with Adam. None of them. Like, I don't think I've drafted none of them. I just, again, why? Because I think the guys right behind them, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, David and Joku now, Robert Tanyan with the target share there. Evan Ingram, my BFF all summer, uh, is a guy as a guy I've been taking a ton of. I just there's again the question mark. Uh, Albert O. We just um, Jerry just had Mike. I think it was Mike Kliss, the Denver Broncos beat writer over there, saying that he might not even be the number one targeted tight end on the team. It might be Dolchich. Dolchich. Yeah. So. You know, Gisecki is more of a receiver, and I, you know, uh, Theo, you and I have talked about the Miami passing tree. Like, I just, I'm out. There's too much good talent there, and, and the quarterback is so lousy that I think they're just all gonna cannibalize each other. Um, 
if I had if I had to pick one, I would probably go. Uh, you know, over the over the all of them, I would probably go Irv just because I think they're going to pass more, and I think they you know they they've been dying to get him involved now, coming off the injury. So I love Fryermuth, but the quarterback situation there stinks. Um, so I know you guys love Komet. I know you're going to talk about the target share, and I'm going to listen. But uh, Irv Smith would be my guy. I would say Andrew's not in the love Komet category. No, me. no, no, that's not true. I love Komet. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I'm, I did, he's just not. He's not fun. He didn't have any good gifts. When you're searching Twitter gifts to tweet about, tweet <laughs> out about your hot fishbowl team, uh, they're just they're just not very fun uh, to find. There was some girl in like a a Cole Komet beanie. That she pulled over her face. Like that was like the funniest Cole Komet gif I could find. That was it. The the reason we like Cole Komet, and I, you know, I don't want to speak for, for Dan and Andrew, is he's he's gonna get targets. Um, and I think that you know, having a, a tight end that's gonna get over a hundred targets is and we're kind of starting that as like a baseline with him, um, is something that's intriguing. And I also think that like he falls into a range in the draft where I'm usually combining him with an upset uh, with an upside tight end. So like I wouldn't, I didn't take him in the main, um, but I've taken him kind of in some of these early drafts where, you know, I wait on tight end, I take a commit, and then I add, you know, an Irv Smith type, a, a Fryermuth type, um, and I kind of double tap the position, and I haven't hated the way those builds go. Um, so I can understand like the argument being like the Bears are going to be very run heavy, it's going to be a low passing volume, um, but I think that. I believe in Komet, um, you know, being the number two target there. Uh, and I think it's it's intriguing to get potentially that many targets uh, for a tight end being drafted in this range. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I like your call with Irv Smith. Um, I think that, like, he is a guy that we had exposure to, um, you know, last season. And then, unfortunately, he, he gets injured. Um, but, like, if he's he's interesting because that offense could be really fun, um, you know, Thielen's getting a little bit older. It's going to be a ton of, of Jefferson. I think they're going to target the running backs a little more. But, like, Irv could, like, slide in and, and be productive. But it is kind of like this is the real dead zone for tight ends, isn't it, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, no, th- this this is – you're you're right. Because if, if I'm taking my tight end one in this range, like you said, I'm double-tapping another one quick because I need – you're basically just hoping that one of them hits. You know, because there's so many question marks. There's so many things that – like you said, with the commit that could that could go right at that point, I'm just like, all right, let me just take two of these dudes, and hopefully one of them hits. If they both hit, then I'm I'm in incredible shape. But um, but yeah, you're th- this is the true the true de- dead zone. There's just so many question marks. Some of them are the third, the fourth option. Like you know, Gisaki's the, the the third. Albert O might be the third or fourth. It's just it gets it gets wild down down there. Um, and then and how about you, Andrew? Besides yeah, Komet, no, I, I love Komet in that range. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there anybody else that kind of stands out to you? You, you know what? Not to be boring. No, because I I think I I think I'm with uh, Adam on skipping that tier. Then I it really it really is Cole Komet or bust uh, in that in that ten eleven uh, round range. Uh, I think I'm I think I'm waiting even further uh, for tight ends then. And we uh, last week when we drafted our football guys team together, uh, Andrew, we got to get another one on the schedule. By the way, as a, as a side note, because uh, all this talk about drafting makes me want to draft another one with you, um, Adam. You'd be welcome to, to join us on that one too. Put together a monster. Um, yeah. 
But there's like both of you guys are kind of on the fact that it's really intriguing that that next range of tight ends, isn't it? There's like some guys where you can you can start uh, galaxy braining them having a really big season. Um, Gerald Everett, Robert Tunyon, uh, Evan Engram, David Njoku, and then I'll throw in Noah Fant, a guy who I kind of always have a soft spot for, even though it's a beat up offense. Talk to me a little bit about that group of tight ends, uh, Adam. Um, and we'll throw your uh, Tyler Higby in there. I did not mention him as well, but kind of like that very end of the of the tight end two uh, range um, into like the early tight end threes. Yeah, I just the guy I've been taking in there, and I like the upside of a lot of these guys. The weekly upside. I mean, Tanya could be he could be the number one target there in Green Bay. You know, I mean, he he scored it some insanely. St- I don't I don't know the stats at the top of my head, but he scored on like an insane amount of his targets uh, two, two years ago. Um, and Joku's got the upside of, of maybe having an elite quarterback there for half the year, over half the year. Higby showed us what he's capable of. They haven't really gone back to him. But the guy that I'm just taking everywhere is Evan Ingram. I think he's – people forget how awesome he is at the tight end position as far as catching passes – um, that that Giants regime is just so bad. Get you know he either he had to leave or they had to leave. It both both happened, and now he's got a coaching staff in Jacksonville that appreciates the tight end position that has used the tight end position in Philly b- b- before. Um, and I think they're going to use him the way he should be. I think they're going to move him around. They're gonna they're gonna spread it out. They're gonna use him because he's just so good. He's not. I think he's twenty nine. Like he's not. He's not super old. Maybe twenty eight. I'll, I'll go look, but he is injury prone. But if I'm if I'm going Pitts and then him, or this is another reason why I don't go naked tight end. If I go Kelsey and he's still there in the third third thirteenth round, man, I can't I can't say no. He's smashing. And Andrew, we took him last week as our our tight end one. I know I'm giving I'm giving you draft board whiplash, Theo. Post post the board that I'm on. <laughs> we have Jack Colshin in the chat who you've got up his his comment. I pulled up the draft board that he and I were in was slow one. I think it started like early June. Uh, and of course he's more or less giving himself credit. And here I am helping him out. He got the, uh, the Gerald ever in the 14th round. Uh, so he's giving himself a little credit here, which uh, maybe he deserves for the, the Gerald Everett pick. But yeah, let me, let me cancel this theory. You, you, you talk as I go uh, and whiplash everyone again and post our, uh, our, uh, our, our Millie Billy's board from the other day. Yeah. So we, it, we had a very tight end, um, a tight end uh, crazed uh, draft room and people had extreme thirst for the tight end position. And and Andrew and I just kind of sat back in the weeds um, and we were able to get Engram. And I think it is a super, he's super interesting. Um, We've always loved him athletically. Uh, We thought he was very misused in the giants offense. Um, They had him doing some things that just did not fit his profile. Um, And then Doug Peterson goes and gets the Jacksonville job. And they go and get Evan Engram um, like the first day of free agency. Yeah, and, and I've got the board up again, Theo, too. So they paid him a ton, and um, you know he's he's super intriguing. Um, I'll I think we'll know really quickly, like you know how how targeted he is and and how big of a of a piece of that offense he, um, he will be a part of. And I think there's a chance like his ADP could also rise a little bit because yep. if it looks like he's going to get um, a, a large target share in Jacksonville. I mean, I think he could easily jump into that, you know, Hunter Henry, Mike Jacecki, uh, you know, that 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 group. So he's interesting. 
Gerald Everett is a guy that I'm super interested in. Um, it's kind of like Gerald Everett is like the NFL equivalent to like an NBA player who's like a three and D guy. And he signs a contract with a new team every single year. Yeah. Um, Gerald Everett just keeps, you know, uh, jumping teams, but he looks good. Um, like when the, the football's in his hands, he looks, he looks dangerous. Um, and I think that like, we all love Herbert. And I think there's a chance that he could just come in and, and have a nice season. I think he's got high touchdown upside. He's a guy I've drafted a couple of times. Um, and then I always have a soft spot for Noah Fant. Fant had poor quarterback play his whole career, and he's produced. He's been a top 12 tight end. Um, and, you know, now he's in, in a bad situation, um, bad offensive pace, but I believe in the talent. And he's being drafted as, like, a low-end, low-end tight end, too. Um, and you can get him super cheap. Andrew and I got him in the same draft. Um I don't remember what round. I'll put it up on the, board, the board's reposted. The board's reposted. I saved. I saved us. What round did we get Fant in? Thirteen. Thirteenth round. So like Fant's falling. Um, and as you can see, this one we had to take Evan Engram in the in the eleventh because there was a tight end run and we didn't want to get left holding the bag. Um, so like he's interesting. Uh, is is there any 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 um, argument to drafting Tunyon? Is it one guy that we're overlooking because he's a guy I haven't drafted once. Yeah, the only thing about Tunyon to me is, again, if, if you miss out on one of your kind of favorites here in the mix, because, again, he I mean, he has a shot to be their number one. I mean, this might sound crazy, like their, their most targeted player there. I mean, I mean, Lazard, I mean, question marks all up and down the receiving core. Aaron Rodgers is all about trust, and he trusted Tanyan two, two years ago. Now, I was way off Tanyan last year, um, but I think he, he, he was going in like the – I don't know, the eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth, somewhere in there. He was going in those tight end dead zone rounds. But I think if you can get him here, I think if he can come back from, from that injury, I think there's reason to have hope that he can see 100 targets or something like that. And if he does, you're, you're gonna, he's going to smash his ADP. Um, and then let's just keep going here. Well, the house cleaning note on uh, Evan Ingram, I feel very confident that the uh, Jaguars were going to try to trade for him before the 2020 season before ultimately or 2021 season before ultimately signing him this year i feel very confident he was a uh season-long target for them so there you go I mean, there you go there you go that's that, I and, like and, it. And a reminder to the listeners andrew is is uh is in the jacksonville community yeah. he's our jaguars expert in the goat district yeah. for sure for whatever uh, that counts let's throw out i want to throw out a couple of boring guys um austin hooper hayden hurst um Let's say Cam Bray. Let's say Brevin Jordan. Is there anybody in that range that that you're that you want to take a couple stabs on? Uh, for me, it's been Brevin Jordan in that in, in that range. I really I just took him in the Scott Fishbowl. Man, the tight end thirst in that has been insane. Um, and I mean, I did I did wait forever, but uh, but yeah, it was um, it to me it's Brevin Jordan again. Another team that doesn't. I, I just like these tight ends. Like you were. Like you guys were talking about earlier, you know, the tight ends have an op opportunity to be their their number one or number two two target. Now, if with a healthy Cooks, there's no way Jordan's going to be the number one target. It probably he probably won't be the number two, but he he could be the, the number two there. Young, athletic tight end, smaller. They can move him around like a receiver. Um, kind of reminds me of like a he's not doesn't have that athletic profile like Evan Ingram, but kind of reminds me of a young Evan Ingram the way. Him correctly and move him around. I think uh, he could 
he could do damage. We're gonna wait. At, okay, Adam's back. Um, I'll say that for for that for that that you know group of tight ends, I, I I've heard the argument for Austin Hooper where he could see a, a, a ton of targets. I just I ha- can't get into it. Um, Hurst, we like the offense, and, and C.J. Uzoma had some usable weeks, but it was you couldn't predict it. It was like C.J. Uzoma scores two touchdowns, and you know why is he on my roster if I'm not using him type type guy. Um, so yeah, like you know, I'm with you on Brevin Jordan. We had Heath Cummings on the pod earlier in the spring, and he he had Brevin Jordan as one of his dynasty breakout tight ends this year. Um, he's interesting. I mean, you could paint a picture where he's the number two target or or, up or close to it. Um, with Nico Collins in Houston. So, like, you, you, when there's ever kind of like indecision in this range of tight end, I like going young and unknown upside. And I think Brevin Jordan is it. So, he'd be the one for me. Um, I want to throw out Mo Alley Cox as well. We're, we have a fault. We're going to ask a question about some of these kind of offenses we're not drafting tight ends from. But um, do you have any interest in, in, in Big Mo? I, I, I don't know. No, no not, 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 not really. Yeah, no, no's an acceptable. It's acceptable yeah. when we get this deep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true too. Um, but probably probably not. I mean, maybe it's a in a twenty eight round best ball. But um, he's like twenty nine, isn't he? I feel, like, I feel like he's been he's like been around forever. It's he's like, young. He's a young buck. Yeah, if he hasn't broken out by now, it's like what do yeah. we do? And plus, they just drafted two tight ends in the last yeah. two years. So Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Granson and Jelani Woods are there. Um, and it, it, again, it's like Mo Alley Cox, they always seem to kind of use him. My, my take on Mo Alley Cox is he just never gets enough snaps. And like yeah. he like even in the when he produces, he'll be on the field for like you know 30% of the time, 50% of the time. He's never on the field. So yeah, I I, I think it's a tight end by committee um in Indianapolis. And we might as well they're, they're an absolute all those guys in this range are just like the the clogged toilet of tight ends. They're going to just destroy your roster. You're going to have to plunger them every single Wednesday night when you're doing waivers. I mean, I think the the clear move, and I, I agree, just to echo it all. I, I wish I had something disagreeable to say here, but yeah, it's it's Brevin Jordan. I would I would have jumped down your throats if you had said any of the the old dusty guys. But yeah, don't don't have the toilet clogger. <laughs> no thanks. Definitely definitely will not. And then I'll just throw it out there. We talked about Indy. Um, is there any is there any hope in in either of the New York teams, the Jets uh, and the Giants? Um, sometimes when we find these offenses where it's there's positional battles, you know something could rise. Is there is there we'll we'll take it here. Is there a Jets tight end that um, that you prefer? Like if you're dra- drafting in best ball between Uzoma and Conklin. Uh, I, I haven't taken any, I don't think I've taken any of them in, no. from either team all off season. I just, Zach Wilson was historically bad last year. So I don't even believe in necessarily believe in him. And they've got a lot of weapons there before you even get to the tight end. So I'm out Adam's there. Out. Yeah. I'm out. How about you, Andrew? Is there any hope for any, any player on those rosters? Well, sh- sh- sure there is, and this is where I go back to. I- I'm I'm willing to pay to find out. Like if if it just so happens one of them is going to break out, then I'm willing to pay the cost of just like not knowing and not guessing correctly in one of the first couple waiver runs of the system. Now I'm not counting on it. Certainly, I don't think CJ Uzoma is going to break out, or I think he's going to be. You know, I'm going to be starting him over a wide receiver that I'm drafting or Kyle Pitts. To be very clear in terms of the the structure, right? But if if it just so happens there's somebody that I'm overlooking or just don't even know about, or you know who. 
the, the next XFL star like Donald Parham, uh, I'm willing to pay for that information. I'm willing to pay up a little bit. Is there any super sleepers at the tight end position that you guys are on? Um, maybe a young player or a player we haven't discussed. Um, Adam, without giving away too much, because it still is July, do you have any sleeper tight ends or, or you don't really have one you, you would be targeting? Brevin Jordan would have been my sleeper to yeah. tight end. Yeah, I've, I've drafted a, a good amount of Brevin Jordan. I have an absolute ton of him in Dynasty, so I hope we are all right on that. Andrew, is there anything deeper? Yeah, um, don't, that- don't draft this guy. Don't, don't draft him. But there's an old uh, – are you guys SB Nation people? Are you guys old SB Nation people or no? You guys remember reading that? A little that? bit. I think there's a like a, there's one of like the head guy. Maybe he's the, John John Bois John Boyce. Uh, he he always had some bit. He's always like famous for his bits. He'd always have the uh, when Tom Brady was making com- comebacks. You can't cut out touchdown Tom, but it'd be like after like the the Patriots had already won. You you can never count out touchdown Tom, but the game's <laughs> been over for hours or whatever. So uh so I I've co opted the you can't count out touchdown Tom uh for a, old old touchdown Tommy Tremble as he's obviously known. Uh, I think he uh. He, he could be interesting. He'd be fun. And uh, maybe he's more of a Kittle clone than anything. But uh, I, I'd love to see him break out. I don't have a ton invested in him. Uh, but there's nothing there's nothing better than uh, a little alliteration, as I alluded to uh, last week with Ben Gretsch. So old, old touchdown Tommy Tremble uh, is, is a fun name. Tommy Tremble is fun for sure. Um, I want to pivot away. I think we covered pretty much every single tight end. We've gone over an hour on tight ends. If you love tight ends, this is the podcast for you tonight. But I want to get into a little structural drafting. I want to talk about the one spot and the 12 hole where you have the you have the turns where you're drafting twice in a row and kind of how to maximize uh, your position. Um, It's kind of like poker where position at the table matters to some players when it comes to the to the one spot and the 12 spot. I think that it's it's you, you really have a way of controlling your half of the draft if you do it right. And you have a way of maximizing your team and also uh, clearing out a tier when it presents itself. Um, we'll start at the at the the one spot. Or um, what do you think is the the the? And I'm assuming every single every single one of us is on McCaffrey and or Jonathan Taylor at the 101. But we're going running back at the 101. What do you think is your best way of maximizing your team um, in an FFPC draft? Um, when it comes to the two, three turn. Um, for, yeah, for, for me, I love this, the, the strategy of going, uh, RB and then, and then pounding receiver, um, with the caveat that like a guy like Kyle Pitts does, it doesn't fall with the caveat that one of the running backs, like, a I mean, be insane, but a guy like Saquon doesn't fall or an Aaron Jones, like one of those guys falls, you know, all that, all bets are off. Leonard Fournette being 290,000 pounds. He might be falling now into the, the, I guess the news that today Tampa wasn't happy. Was it 270? So he might be falling for the next week. Give him a little credit. 260 to the next week or so. But that's why, man, drafting now, it's like, Hey, you gotta buy that dip on, 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 on Fournette for the next week. But uh, but yeah, so I like going running back and then loading up on 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 receivers, uh, especially if I can get, you know, T-, T Higgins is a guy I love there. Mike Evans is a guy I was getting there before the Godwin news. But um, you know, so Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey. If I'm doing one draft, it's Christian McCaffrey. But I'm not. I'm doing a bunch, so it's probably Jonathan Taylor, T T Higgins, and um, 
I don't know, Debo. I kind of like Debo there. But it's really for you, it's a you maximize your your ability at the one spot by going wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, does that also have to do on the fact that the third round is so wide receiver heavy and it, and it really dries up? Um, or is it more of those are the most explosive top options that you can draft? I think it to me it's both. I think I love, you know, you want to in these in FFPC, we're talking about specifically, you want to crush the flex. But in order to get to the flex, you got to have guys already starting, right? So in order to get to those stud receivers, number three and four, you got to have one and two set. So, um, yeah, I love having uh, one running back and then going four straight receivers. You can throw in a tight end there if you want. And that that area of the draft, man, a lot of those receivers in that uh, four or five range, love, love, love those guys. And to be able to stack all those guys that are right there on top of each other and and – receiver dries up quicker this year than I think it has in years past. I mean, to me, once you get to like rounds, I don't know. I like Galladay this year, round 10, but once you get after that, like there's no, it's, it gets pretty ugly. I love Jameson Crowder in the 13th, but you know, get to me, get those receivers early. And then later on, you can grab, grab all these, you know, running backs that are going to start via injury. Andrew, would you agree on that going, if you're getting McCaffrey or Taylor, most likely you're following up wide receiver, wide receiver. Yeah. First of all, it was tweeted out today, Alex Crusoe. I don't know him, but he's a DeAndre Swift propaganda uh, enthusiast. He said it in, in theory, maybe you had something similar last year. Like if you draft the number or, or RB one overall, your chances of winning in fantasy football increased by more than 50%. Did you have this stat last year, Theo? So basically like- the, the, the stat is, and this is, I believe like nine out of the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Wrong on that, but it's, if you draft RB one overall and RB 24 overall, those two players scoring com- a combined outscores RB six and RB seven, almost every single year. Yeah. combined. Yeah. And and I and I love that, and that's like you have to draft as if you're right. So if you're in that one spot, and then you keep taking running backs, you're giving away every advantage that you have over the field. So this is the draft that Theo and I did last week, and I, I even commented I I like the colors. He 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 painted a beautiful rainbow in terms of the order that he that could be your over. wallpaper, Andrew. If that was the wall, your wallpaper in yeah. like your it, powder room, you'd love it's, it. It's 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 a it's a wonderful. Uh, ordering of colors here, and I, you know, I, I could quibble with the, with the names that are on the colors, and that that's okay. But like the, the team one here did exactly what I would have done, is especially with that gift of Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and then kept taking wide receivers, and then even went quarterback before the next running back. Like you have to draft as if Christian McCaffrey is that running back one, and then all you're doing the rest of the draft is trying to put together or piecemeal. You can even piecemeal RB twenty four, um, and, and you still get that same advantage. So like uh, t- to me. You, you cannot if you get that if you you know pay FFPC or you get the the FFPC gods looking after you which whichever one you choose to believe just kidding FFPC um, <laughs> you know if you get that you, you gotta take advantage and keep going it's basically having 1.5 running backs starting already when you get the 101 um, and I would agree with you both every time I've gotten the 101 so far I've gone wide receiver wide receiver but I will say there is a certain appeal to Javante Williams. Um, where he could absolutely smash uh, his ADP. I think there's that that's in like the in like the realm of possibilities in in, in like the outcomes. Um, so like if I got the 101, um, you know, hopefully this is a this is like a champagne problem I'll have. 
But if I get a bunch of one-on-ones during the money time, um, I think I might have a Javante Williams there at the 2-3 turn because, um, I, again, I think his upside is there. But I agree with what you guys say. Usually structurally, I, I like going running back and then going four straight wide receivers. Um, I've loved my builds when I've done that, um, you know, from the one hole, um, you know, when I've gotten them. Um, I want to pivot over the the to the 12 spot. Um, it's always a very difficult decision um, when you're picking at the, at the 12 spot um, because, again, you don't pick till 36, 37. A lot of guys dry up. Um, what do you think – first, before we go into players, is there a, a maximal um, positional structure where you think you're maximizing your team um, at, the, at the 12 hole, starting with Adam? Is there, do you want to cover a position or are you just going for value? Uh, yeah, I'm just going for, for, for value really. I, I'm, you know, generally when I get the 11 or 12 in a, in a, in a, in a main event or a football guys, I'm thinking I'm already in my head thinking zero RB or hero RB. Yep. Um, I'm thinking, you know, Saquon Barkley there uh, and one of these receivers um, mix them and match them. However, however, however you like Diggs, Adams, CD Lamb, um, so that's that's kind of the route I'm I'm going there, and then just kind of see what the rest of the draft, how the rest of the draft falls to you, knowing that at the three four, you know, it could be it could be anything. You could get a receiver that falls down that, that you really really like. It could be, you know, a Kittle Waller situation. Not pr- probably not for me, but I could t- totally see it. And looking at the uh, ADP for football guys r- r- right now, rounds two through seven are all r- running backs. In the, in the 12 spot. So um, keeping, keeping that in mind, but so yeah, though that that's kind of the structure I'm going with. I'm, I'm leaning hero or zero RB there and I'm, and I'm fine with it. Do you have any in, in your drafted teams? Do you have any particularly, um, you know, 11 or, or 12 hole starts um, that you can recall uh, that you really liked how it turned out um, at least with the two players you drafted? Let me see what I can find. Yeah, let me let me let me pull one up. While you're looking for that, uh, Andrew, um, what same question? How do you think you're maximizing your 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 chances from the from the 12 spot, um, like the 11 12 area, um, when it starts to the the first and second round? I think that this is this is a good year to be in that 11 12 hole. I guess if we're talking specifically 12 hole, um, I think that you've got a good opportunity to grab either DeAndre Swift, who's got the right kind of running back profile that you maybe want, or Saquon Barkley. I know, Adam, you just mentioned that you're you're into Saquon too. Uh, you know, same for me. I, I think it's – but I think it's also a spot where you've got to avoid the traps. Uh, the board that you have up right now, I didn't want to further dunk on it, but it's – they thought a lot of running back value fell to them. They're thinking, oh, I drafted the 12 spot. I'm going to be shut out of running back. I'm gonna be screwed. You hate that twelve hole team, Andrew. No, 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 I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, it's like you, you've got to, like, I, I, I'm picking on them, but like, you, you've got to avoid the traps. And I think that they fell right into them. So, like, I think that this year allow this year so far, I've seen you got really good spots where you can get some cool and sexy running backs. But it's one of those things where you, you've got you've got to only take one to two of them, and you've got to avoid the, the Zeke Elliott, Josh Jacobs, even if they fall, which which they may. So I. I think I think it's very very similar. Of you know, you're trying to get a hero or zero RB, and and yeah, you maybe you're forced in that direction. But I think there's great opportunities so far uh, at the uh, first, second, and third rounds, twelve, thirteen, and thirty six. Yeah. So for, for me, 
I think my favorite build, I've, I got a bunch of 11 and 12s. Um, and I, I agree with Andrew. I don't, I kind of like it this year. Um, I have a dig swift team. I really like, um, I've started out wide receiver, wide receiver with, I, I believe it was, I believe it was lamb and digs. Um, and I like the way that team kind of turned out. So I think you, you, I go, I go with, uh, Adam, you know, you really don't want to think, I think that you actually do see some, some players get the 12 hole in football guys. And they'll say, I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver, or I'm going running back, running back before the draft even starts. I think that's the, the worst way to play it. I think you want to take max value, um, and then kind of let your, those first two picks dictate the way you're going to go in the next few rounds. I think that's the way to do it. How about when we get to the three, four turn? Okay. When we're looking at, there's a few running backs who are usually there. I've seen Brees Hall in that range. We've seen James Conner in that range. Um, we see wide receivers usually like the the Jalen Waddles. Um, DJ Moore used to be in that range. He's going a little higher now. Um, how? Do, what do you think are some of the? You can you can answer this any way you want. Um, is there specific specific positions that you want to cover there? because they're going to dry up in the next few rounds and you know you won't have the same kind of um, positional choices in the fifth and sixth? Or are you still just max drafting value um, when it comes to that 3-4 turn, uh, Adam? Do you start thinking about structure in that in that range at all, or is it just max value? Yeah, I'm just doing max value. And I, th- I just shared the one. The best I could find was out of the 11 hole there. Um, and I went, dig- I went Diggs Barkley to start. Um, love Brees Hall. And this is probably my only Waller share. Um, That's why you shared it so you can flex a Waller share. So we're on the same page. Flex a random Waller here. Hey, listen, I'm flexing Gabe Davis at wide receiver 28. Are you kidding me? That's the steal of the year. That's a big thing. I want everybody to to look in and see where he got Gabe Davis. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm strictly value at that point. Like I just, I'm just going to let the kind of the board play. Cause man, I'll start, if you force me, I'll start four receivers. I'll start, you know, three running backs. I'll start whatever I got to do. Like give I want the best players. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go crazy and go tight end and quarterback super early. Um, I, don't, I think that's difficult to do. I, I did a little bit here. In the eighth, Kyler Murray, I guess in the eighth is kind of early, but Q- QB great. five. But but uh, but yeah, no, I like I like um, I just take whatever they're gonna they're gonna let you have, and I like the two and the eleven more than I like the one and the twelve because you can dictate the turns there, like you can kind of read what they're doing and play off of them. At the twelve and the one, you're really at the at the whim of whatever they're of whatever eleven yeah. and two are. Yeah, agreed. That's a great that's a great point uh, by Adam um, on kind of dictating, not letting the turn control the board. You're really you're almost controlling who comes back to you. Um, I think that's a great way of looking at it. And we didn't really touch on it, but like I'll, I want your opinion on on two players, uh, Deontay Johnson, and you you've already kind of spoken out against Miami, um, but Deontay Johnson's available to you at that three, four turn, anytime you want, he's starting to fall into the end of the fourth round. Is he ever a player you're going to consider there at that three, four turn? Yeah, probably not. You know, it's, and so this draft was from um, June 7th. So this was a while ago, you know, I, I I spoke harshly against Dawson Knox. It's probably my only Dawson Knox share and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, probably not. Cause man, there's, um, 
there's some guys there I love. I mean, DJ Moore's move. I wasn't. I love DJ Moore. I like him. I I'm borderline love him now, but he's like mid third. Mid third. Yep. Yeah. You know, I really, really like. Um, like oh my God, and this the one, Allen Robinson went in the mid fifth, but I really like Allen Robinson. That's a little early for him, but um, but probably I probably won't have much Deontay Deontay Johnson there. Um, Jalen Waddle, I'll pull the trigger there. In fact, I took Waddle around that range in um oh, what was it? oh and the, the, i think it was the ffwc video showdown we're doing right now i might have yeah. taken it to, uh the, the four two or something so i could see waddle or waddle there because i see a path to to him because he he's very very good and i know i know you guys have, have been on waddle for a while so i'm not going to tell you that but Brees Hall, I love there travis etienne's moved up but deontay johnson's not really on my board i would i would probably lean like running back or tight end there before I took Johnson. Mike Williams or Deontay Johnson? Mike Williams. And Jared Small is huge on, on Mike Williams as well from, from Draft Sharks. Um, Andrew, anything to add um, for, for ways you're handling that 3-4 turn or any specific like your teams have – how you're usually going wide receiver, wide receiver there or potentially a Brees Hall? Yes. Yeah, I – not a whole lot of pressure on team 12. You just, you're looked at like the, the class idiot, which is like plays up perfectly with what I actually am. And so I think that you can do a lot of damage with being like a little bit of a heartbreaker over there. You can, you can mess up people's perfectly laid plans, you know, not, not to be like a stack block or whatever, but it's like, Hey, like, Oh, I thought I was going to get, I don't know, pull out a name, like, you know, D- DJ Moore if I just wait, you know, Nope. You pulled him way up or I guess depending on like the ADP, but I, I think there's not a whole a whole not a whole lot of pressure, but I think you can do different builds and be okay with it because if you take somebody quote unquote early, well, you're already at the end of a draft. There's no third round reversal. You're likely if you're gonna if you're gonna let a player go at ADP, you're certainly not getting them back. So at, at team twelve, I think that you can you can mix it up a little bit um and, and take players around to a round and a half early and not really feel guilty about it because, hey, maybe you were drawing dead anyways. Like, you don't have to be, go, you know, go crazy about it, you know, Kyler Murray in the fifth, but you can, I think you can do some different things, mix it up, and and try a, a lot of different combinations and builds from that 12 spot. So I hope that was helpful for for people's structural uh, building. Um, and maybe we're going to touch with a couple other of these high-stake guests, uh, like Adam. Um, maybe we'll talk about, like, the the, the middle of the draft um, next pod. I think that's a fun, a fun uh, mental exercise. Um, I want to quickly get we're, – we're 90 minutes in, so we can go pretty quick on this one. Um, we see a lot of fantasy value when we're able to identify an offense that we think is going to take a major step forward that maybe the market is not you know, completely on. Is there any offenses um, that we believe are mispriced right now or, or undervalued um, among, among fantasy drafters that you could take seeing – that you could see taking a big step forward? Question for either of you guys. Um, yeah, the, the to me it's the, the the Giants. I think that I, you know, getting Brian Dable over there from from Buffalo. Um, Daniel Jones has a. I'm not even going to say similar skills up to Josh Allen because we all know Josh Allen is the goat, but he's a guy who can run and he can throw, and I think they're going to utilize him in a light version of the way that they utilized Allen. And they're just going to be so much better coached than they were before. And they've got the Tony, you know, and they've got the, the Galladay and Saquon, and they've just got so much talent there that Dable is going to use 
Um, and I think, so I think they're all, I mean, Saquon's moved, moved up now, but I still think Tony and Galladay are way too low. Daniel Jones. I mean, I love taking all three of those, those of those guys, um, in, in, in draft. So I think the giants to me are the undervalued team. Plus I saw your sexy, sexy Tony in the 10th mm, out here. Thirst trapping wide receiver 49. Come on. Yeah. Big time. Big time. <laughs> Shout out to Billy Muzio who's joined us in the chat. Detroit was going to be my team. Um, Detroit's going to have a much improved offensive line. They had so much injuries last year. Um, adding DJ Shark was smart. Uh, drafting Jamison Williams was smarter. Um, there's a chance we should we could see improvement from Amon Ross St. Brown in year two. We saw a great connection between him and Jared Goff. Um, he was a guy that was completely leaned on. Um, so players who you know, beware fading players who score a ton of fantasy points as rookies. And Amon Ra did that. So I think Detroit's very interesting. We talked about TJ Hawkinson being hurt last year. Um, that offense could take a big step forward. I love your call on the Giants. Um, we've had a, a number of, of analysts um, and high stakes players who've been very bullish on, on a Dable coach team there. Um, there should be a ton of pass volume uh, available to them as well. They, they seem like a team that could be in positive game scripts. Uh, and Danny Dimes uh, does have rushing ability. So they're they're interesting. Like you could see like a number of guys beat ADP from that team. Andrews, there may be one that, that you're on, um, a team that you think might be a little underrated right now as a I, whole. Uh, well, this is a tough one because I think it's I think it's more of a homer pick. I, I am going to say the Jaguars. The problem is I don't know how to play it, if I'm being honest. Because well, I, I, lo- I love ETM, but I don't know how much more room he has to run. We already talked about Evan Ingram. I think if you switch Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, that those Jets wide receivers are going even higher than they are. I'm still a believer in, in Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a, a great player. Um, the problem is, is like, even if I thought that the Jaguars were a much improved offense, and I, I think that they were, well, they were, they were rock bottom. So I think that they've got a little bit of room to run. And I think Trevor Lawrence is that guy. Um, the question is, is there a wide receiver that you like? Um, to, to play that with. And I, I just think that's like the tough one. So I think to be honest with you, like at least being here on the ground, boot, boots on the ground, uh, you know, I, eyes in the building, ears in the building. I want to figure out if there's going to be somebody who pops from that offense. Cause I, I really, I really do like that offense. Um, and there's gotta be a better way to play it than just ETN and Evan Ingram. Yeah. Jacksonville is interesting. They added a ton of speed um, and a coach who, who knows what he's doing. Uh, and we also usually see quarterbacks take big steps in year two. Uh, and Lawrence certainly has a pedigree. So they're they're super interesting. Um, we're at a buck 30. Every single guest has answered one question, Adam, and you're on the spot here. Um, and and I'll I'll let you do two because I think you might have a little hometown uh flair with this this answer. But Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and Justin Jefferson go num- go top three wide receivers in every single format, every single high stakes, every single home league, every single best ball format. Those are the top three chalk wide receivers. If another wide receiver in the NFL finishes as wide receiver one overall, who will it be? You can give one or two names. Mm. Oh man, I want to say I want I want to say Diggs, but I feel like that might be chalky. I'm going to go Mike Evans just because he could score 25 touchdowns. Like. Uh, I'm kidding, kind of, but he, he's a guy that could just, if he, if he could just stay healthy, like he's just, he's, he's one of these receivers. That's a high jump up and catch the ball and land and crash on my body type receiver, which scares me. That's kind of like Mike, Mike Williams, but he could, he could score 15, 
16 tutties this year. He probably, I mean, if he doesn't score double digit touchdowns, that would be absurd, but he would be the guy that could finish to me as wide receiver one, but it's not going to be on catches. It's going to be on a million scores. You were actually not the first guest who's, who's given Mike Evans. Um, there's been a number of sharp people on Evans catching a ton of touchdowns this year. Um, this, this has been awesome, guys. I love how we dove into the tight end position so so deep. Um, I thought that was awesome. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, Adam? First of all, I thought the question you were going to ask me was going to be, like, what's my favorite pizza toppings? Because that was that was hot on, on Twitter today. Hold on, time out. Time yes, out. What, what is your favorite pizza topping, Adam? I mean, it's just meats. I mean, right? I mean, all the meats. Put, put them all on there. That's every single one of them. You know, and that's why I don't like Tua because he's like a pineapple pizza kind of guy. But, <laughs> but anyways, um, what about Adam, Adam? Adam, one, one. I got, I got one, two more nonsenses for you. Hold on, <laughs> yeah, I need you to share one more thing. Hold on, sure, sure. Hold on, Hold on, Adam. And Adam, we'll we'll throw out. Where do you eat when you're in Vegas? Do you have a restaurant recommendation as a yearly high stakes player in Vegas? Ooh, you know, Shope's gonna kill me. We went to we went to an unbelievable steakhouse last year. Speaking of that, Billy's still in the chat. Billy owes me a steak dinner. So wherever Billy's taking me, uh, thank you, Joe Mixon, for winning me a bet with Billy last <laughs> year. So, um, so go, go, we did a we did a uh, pop culture no a f- f- food and culture podcast with Theo Dan and my buddy the Ho last year. So I. I always suggest Golden Steer, and then uh, Dan and I went to Best Friend, which is an MGM Grand, and it's unbelievable. Best Friend. There's so many. We got me and my buddy have a history. We've been going out there for 15 years. We go to this the buffet at Caesars, I think, which is yeah. just obsessed. Yeah. Like, oh yes, it's yeah, just. Yeah. I never get my money's worth, and every year, like the next year, I go back and start in the middle because the previous year I only made yeah. it halfway. It's unbelievable. All right, Adam. The food, one the last food pod was fun. The food pod was fun, Andrew, for sure, last summer. Um, and I'll throw out, not to get all Vegasy, but I'll throw out Ferraro's. That's It's a local okay. Italian spot right oh, off yeah. the strip. That's that's my go-to spot in Vegas. Um, I try to go there every time I'm out there. It's it's fantastic. All right, Adam, am I still the only one who calls you Uncle Chaps? Have you gotten this from anyone else? Post, I've gotten post pictures, <laughs> Theo. Maybe. Let me see. Am I the oh only one who's ever called you Uncle Chaps? You might be the only one. That's you gotta follow me. Uncle Chaps. He he started off on as a as a blogger uh, for Big Cat Country, the SB Nation site for the Jaguars, and then and it ends up getting hired by Barstool Sports to do some of their military podcasts. Speaking you're, of Barstool, uh, you're freaking you're freaking Uncle Chaps, and Barstool, I, I don't I'm believe ready. that I'm the only call person me. who's ever called you that. Call call me Barstool. And then, uh, hey, one last nonsense before we get you out of here. I, I put Ben Gretsch on the spot and and, and said, hey, you got to do a main event with us. But uh, I don't have to put you on the spot because because you and I are already fig- figuring one out. So I, I love it. That's awesome, guys. I bet it's I'll try to avoid that league. I'll try to That's avoid right. that league for sure. Uh, this has been a blast. Uh, we're back on Thursday night with Billy Wazowski, NFFC Hall of Famer. Uh, we appreciate everybody in the chat. Famous J, 1912, Billy Muzio. Um, Josh, Josh McAtee, it's been, uh, Jack, Jack Colsheen. It's been a fantastic of uh, famous Jays in the chat. It's been, it's been lit in the chat. So hopefully you're going to stick with us all August long. We've got some fantastic guests coming on. Um, thanks again to Adam. Thanks again to Andrew and we're out. Thanks Adam. Thanks guys.